your hair, how do you get it to stand up so erect and so straight and so symmetrical? Are you just pumping that thing with gel? Is it lotion? What is that? Erect is the word. I've had people say a lot of things about my hair, but erect. Today we had on Ryan McMillan, aka the Johnny Bravo of OC Real Estate. He talks about why new agents should join a team, how he climbed into the luxury price point, what he did to sell a $17 million house, and how he leveraged that sale for his real estate business. This guy's hair is ridiculous. The Broke Agent presents Over Ask Podcast. Ryan, how the heck are you? I am good. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. Orange County real estate agent, Eric. This is a, this is a fancy one. As if you're watching this, you can tell this is a this is a fancy episode. Okay. This is probably I think you've taken greatest hair of all time on the podcast. Would you say, Eric? I think so. I mean, if you could sculpt an, an OC real estate agent in a lab, it would be Ryan McMillan. If you're watching this or listening to this on, on Spotify or Apple, you got to go over to YouTube right now and take a look at this guy. His hair is symmetrical. His face is symmetrical. His jawline is impeccable. It's incredible. You're one of the you're one of the greatest looking realtors of all time. <laughs> I'll take Holy it, gentlemen. Shit. I'll take it. <laughs> Jesus. Well, anyways, yeah, you threw us off guard. I didn't realize you're going to be I know, I so good looking going on here. It's just, yeah, kind of Jesus. I couldn't. Uh, I just can't focus really. I'm mean, just looking at your eyes. Um, but <laughs> but uh, Ryan, thanks for being on. Uh, you're from Orange County, the OC. Um, mm -hmm. Those who watch the, the show, Newport Beach in particular, uh, can you let the listeners know a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Again, thanks, gentlemen, for having me on today. Um, so, yeah, from Orange County, um, live in Irvine now. We're, our office is here in Newport Beach. Um, been over here in Orange County for about 20 years. Um, prior to the real estate venture, which was about six years ago, um, I was heavily in the bar and restaurant industry. So I was, um, I was managing a very, um, I'd say, I guess you could say high profile, fun atmosphere bar uh, in Newport Beach uh, for roughly about 11 years. I was doing that. Um, and that was, let me just say it was a ride. It was a lot of fun. Um, amazing, amazing experience and stories to come from that. Um, and then transitioned into real estate about six years ago. And, um, that kind of happened as, you know, it was like, hey, I have I have a mom that did real estate back in the day, and then I had friends that were doing it. I always had an interest in it, wanted to look for a little bit of a change, and, um, you know, was going to do the whole, I'm going to own my own bar and restaurant. Decided to transition into real estate, um, and then joined a team when I popped in. Um, luckily, was introduced to Robert Mack and got into that whole thing, but... Um, you know, went to school in Long Beach, been in Orange County for 20 years, doing the real estate thing for the last six. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm loving it. And I feel like, you know, as cliche as it is, oh, I'm just getting started. <laughs> Literally, I feel like I'm just getting started. So yeah, I've been in the business longer than you, Ryan, believe it or not. It, it's actually crazy that I've been licensed longer than some of our guests now, Matt, because when you first get licensed, the first like five or six years are such a blur. You just you feel like a new agent at all times. Yeah. You know? 
I mean, Matt, you know, yeah. is that I funny? Just, I mean, I'm just telling. No, it's no, just crazy it's that true. like Ryan. No, I like how, was, I like how you corrected. I like how you corrected what you very well should have. You said in the business to licensed because I, I was going to say I wouldn't. I knew you were going to say you. something. I yeah, set myself up for that one. That was that was what we call an alley oop there for Matt. Yeah, I wouldn't say you're in the business, Eric. I'd well, say you're licensed. Just, real estate. I got licensed before this clown that we have right. on right it's here, true. which is crazy. Number, and this guy's, what's your, what's your license number in California? What's it start? Nine, two, five, six, three, five. Oh, that's my social security. number. That's your thread. Haley, delete this actually. Please. What's know. threads? Yeah, that's, can we, that's my lockbox code actually. Okay. So Ryan, <laughs> here's a, here's a question for you. Yes. You got licensed. You joined Robert, the Robert Mack group immediately, or were you a solo agent at the beginning? No, I immediately joined um, Robert and the Robert Mack group. So when I got my license, um, my good friend that I grew up with, and it was already 10 years plus in the real estate business, and he was actually in the business, was like, his name's Eric Crumbaker. I'm sure you know who that is. And uh, he basically was like, hey, man, when you get your license, let me know. I'm going to connect you with you know a team or a mentor. Like That's the way to go. So I came off of the test and was like, oh, I'll go interview and I'll talk to people and see about joining a team. And that's what I did. And and that I think is is probably the best decision because in the beginning, you know, you get into real estate and you don't know what you're doing and you don't know what, what's, which way is up, which way is down and what I should be doing. And, oh, I make my own schedule and all this shit. Like, you don't know what's going on. So joining a team or having a mentor is absolutely incredible because it's going to accelerate your growth and you actually learning like what you're supposed to be doing to make you a better agent. So I did that right away and I'm, I'm extremely grateful that I did and it was a great route to go. And you just sold us, is this right? We, uh, our researchers on this podcast aren't always exactly <laughs> right, but uh, $17 million listing you just sold, is that correct? It was a $17.1 million uh, buyer sale that I closed out uh, earlier this year. So that is correct. And wow. yes, it, it, it was fascinating and sure, it made headlines um, and all that. And uh, Did it? it, it <laughs> where did it make headlines what do you mean i definitely on this. I didn't see it any, i didn't see anywhere. i run a real estate media company i haven't seen one headline on this i didn't even see By it headlines posted. i mean it was talked about uh within uh the organization Your team? the ecosystem the team oh yeah definitely the team right <laughs> what uh, ecosystem what are you talking about i, I haven't seen this who, was your buyer uh someone famous Sorry to interrupt, but if you're listening, this means you care about real estate marketing. You care about becoming a better agent. And that's exactly why you need to join our new platform, BAMX. We have monthly courses for our members, including my Instagram course, objection handling, green screens, captions, and more. You also get access to our exclusive private community for literally a frappuccino a month. Use code OVERASK for 10% off. There is a link down in the description. Um, you know, he's not a high profile, famous gentleman, but, um, he's a well-known businessman, um, that, that found us, you know, through our website online. And, um, so basically it, it turned into treating it just like another client, right. You know, and I just played it cool and did what I was supposed to do. Wasn't thirsty as people like to say, and just treated him like a normal client. And the guy was extremely cool and down to earth. And, you know, lo and behold, after, you know, six to eight months of, of nurturing and, and chatting and giving the guy what he wanted, you know, we were out looking at homes and was able to, to put him in an amazing property in Laguna Beach, um, which was incredible. And obviously, 
um, a career changing sale for multiple reasons. Um, you know, I've always wanted to kind of transition and get into the whole luxury side of the business. And that was, that was from the get go. So um, this definitely was a helpful. There was other small deals along the way to kind of build up to this a little bit, but um, getting this under the belt and kind of being able to get at the big boy table a little bit was pretty cool. It was awesome. Yeah. I didn't know Mark Zuckerberg was looking in Laguna Beach. That's cool. Next to Lauren Conrad. That's pretty sweet. Good for you. Yeah. Um, six years in, 17.1 million. That's incredible. Um, what was your highest sale prior to that? Um, prior to that, I had done uh, a five. I did a $5 million sale. Oh, so pretty big jump. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, it was, it was, I was the, like, just before we left Irvine, there was a sale in there that was right around 5 million. Um, and then there was, you know, this, this building period of, okay, I want to work into the luxury market. And then there was, you know, you know, the two threes and the fours here and there. Um, but, but five was the highest up until then. So how do you, how do you start working into the luxury market? Like what actively do you start doing as a realtor to start training your your mind and your future clientele to become a luxury real estate agent like what'd you do differently i don't like to call myself a luxury real estate agent per se all right well but, i'm uh, calling you a luxury real 17 million is i luxury. mean you made headlines you okay should probably call yourself. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i should have had you on the front cover if i could take one thing back um so i would say number one is probably something you've already heard is just just know the market um, you really got to study those price points, those neighborhoods, that market, um, because the people that are buying and selling in those areas are savvy and they probably know more than the average real estate agent. So let's just say that because it's and that's true. Like if you don't do your homework and know whether it's price per square foot, what things are trading at um, proximity to the beach, things like that, like you're going to get caught with your pants down. So I would say number one is definitely make sure you know the market. And then number two is I put a singularity focus on like, that's what I want to do. Like, that's it, you know? So I didn't turn down everything that wasn't in a price point I wanted, but I definitely took gaps of business and units to be like, I would rather focus on this rather than that. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Cause does it hurt your potential luxury outlook if you start listing properties and doing deals for 300 500 does that mean the 17 million dollar buyer or seller is a little bit more reluctant to work with you if they look at that and see these are your price points is that a, yeah that, i that mean a to a certain degree i mean to a certain degree it's it's true right but at the, end, at the same time like you got to pay the bills and you have to work right so like sometimes you have to take what you can get but also when you're talking to sellers and you're going to list properties, a common question that's coming up is, hey, what have you sold in this price point? Or, hey, what have you sold in this neighborhood or area? And if you don't have social proof or a track record for that, yeah, it can't hurt you. And I'm, and I'm still in that transitionary period where that still trumps me because I don't have a ton of track record in various areas or a ton in like years and years of luxury experience because I was selling right. just whatever I could for the first you know, three to four or five years. And then in the last like two years, just really being like, all right, I want to start really diving into the luxury side of things. And, and so that's where I'm at. But yeah, it, it, it's kind of that crappy, as we call it the J curve spot where you're like, I want to get from point A to point B, but you can't just go there. Like you kind of got to go like this and then come back up because that's what I did. You know, it, less units, um, less sales in certain months of periods of time. And then just kind of, 
you swing and you hit a home run here and there, but there's, there's less sometimes. Yeah. So when you said that you did everything you could to learn the market and have that advantage where you know what everything's trading for, what'd you do differently? Like, are you going on more brokers caravans? Are you looking at the MLS more? Like what sort of practices did you do to learn the market better than everybody? Um, definitely going and previewing properties as much as possible. Um, so you can actually walk through the inventory, see what's on the market, know what things are trading for, what prices are. Like someone asks you, oh, what can I get for 4 million in Corona Del Mar? Like you got to know what that is, right? And actually be able to touch it and feel it and see it. Um, so that's number one for sure. And then also um, setting up searches for clients or yourself as well and keeping tabs on the MLS like pretty much consistently. So I mean, it's just, and then when, when there was spare time, like that excited me and interest me to be able to say, I'm going to go pop on the MLS and do a random search and see what things on beachfront and the Balboa Peninsula are trading for right now. So I could tell somebody if they ask me like that kind of stuff yeah. too, you know? So it, it was kind of like an, like, like I said, a singulary focus to be like, I want to learn this market. I agree so much with the, like the actual, actually going in and viewing those homes, um, because just looking at the pictures and the comps is one thing, but when you go view those homes, so much can happen. Like so many times I've done that now because my partner, Anna, oh, she's like swears by it. Mm -hmm. And uh, now that I do it, you learn so much, not only about the house, but you meet the neighbors and they give you like little ins that you wouldn't know. And then you can like relay that onto clients. And it's so impressive that you know those little things about the neighborhood and the house and all that stuff that you just can't get on MLS. Yeah, you can't. And it's true because when you go, if you actually go, you know, that's why we like door knocking as well, too, because when you walk the streets in the neighborhood or if you go preview properties, you can actually say, oh, yeah, there's a cute little coffee shop right here up around the corner. Like that kind of stuff is huge. You know, you got to know that stuff. Yeah. Do you use 100%. the phrase cute, cute little coffee shop? I can't see you saying that to people. If, if I'm talking to a woman, I might say cute. You never know. Right. Right, exactly. That's the name of the shop, Eric. Uh, cute little there. coffee shop. Yeah, that's shop. actually the name. Uh, of it. Yeah, there's a cute little coffee <laughs> shop down the street. There's an Arby's down yeah, the street, sure. actually. There was <laughs> nothing. That is good. That is good because even like when you're talking to someone about a specific area, you can be like, "Oh yeah, you, oh oh, you live there, right? Right next to the cute little coffee shop." Mm -hmm. Right. You're like, yeah. yeah. And you're like, yeah, cool. Eric, tell it. Get it. Yeah. Telling the no, I do get it actually. Telling the prospects. <laughs> that you've been in a house that they're talking about was one of the best things. Like I, I actually used to go on broker's yeah. caravan every Tuesday and Sunday I would go see open houses. And when I could actually tell a buyer like, Oh, I was actually at that house when they send it to you or you send it to them. You have so much more to say than just blindly looking at it through the MLS. So I think, okay. I think the point is we all agree here. If you see the house in person, yeah. it makes you yeah. a little bit more knowledgeable. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will say we've been doing this for two and a half years. We've spoken about brokers, caravans all over. We do not have this here in Canada. What actually is it? I'm, I'm, what I'm picturing is like a bunch of maniac real estate agents going on a tour bus around different open houses. Do you have it, Ryan? <laughs> we do, but we don't. So in Newport Beach and in these areas, they don't. I know they did an actual caravan in like Irvine in certain areas where people would actually go together. But no, it's just brokers preview where these homes are open from 11 to 2 on this day and this time. And agents will and brokers will just come and it's like a broker's open house and just come and go in their own cars. Sometimes they go in groups. A lot of times people yeah. go as a team, things like that. Um, but it's not like a big bus 
where it's like a bunch of, you know, yeah, it's not a caravan. Wall Street guys on a bus with yeah. a bathroom full of guys doing God knows what in there, you know, like, no, none of that. So it's not a it's horse and Eric buggy. In the back of a, in the back of a pickup truck just like... <laughs> with a bunch of brokers. Yeah, Eric, no, like, the point like is confused where there's guys in the back of the pickup truck yeah. and, and they just top out the side over the wheel. And look at the exactly. Box. Just slamming champagne in the back from all the opens. Yeah, it's got to be it champagne. No beers. It's too it's classy. Champagne. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, bro, going to Broker's Caravan in LA, and I'm sure same with Newport and Toronto, one of the, the most fun things you could possibly do. And by the way, it is open to the public too. So there sometimes would be buyers and sellers or just, you know, whoever there. But yeah. there'd be Broker's Opens that must have been five, ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 worth of catering and champagne and DJs mm -hmm. and everything or valet parking and free coffee. And like, you could hit five or six of these places and be fed for like the entire day. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and then also the content you could get from these places. Yeah. Broker's uh -huh. Caravan. Was right. I used to go on uh, Broker's Caravan and by used to, I mean, once with Victoria Velasquez, <laughs> who we've had on the podcast. And this was like her, you know, coming out into the real estate industry was going on Broker's Caravan and seeing how everybody does it. So yeah, it's a fun time. It is a good time. Yeah, I could technically you should still go, go on. now. I, I will. Actually. I was going to say you should. I went. I went. I went, yeah, I went to I open know. houses on Sunday just just to see if uh, the agents would recognize me. And, and did it was they actually? The first one did. Yes. No, we're shopping for a house. I didn't. Eric care just positions himself in places where a lot of real estate agents will be, and just he wears his key shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Key shirt. That's how I'm I came in kind of, I went in kind of paced around and, you know, signed in <laughs> as the broke agent and just kind of like waited for her to say something and just kind of sat there. I was like, you're going to say anything. <laughs> you just sign in as the broke agent. Oh my yeah, God. Exactly. Are you the worst uh, buyer out there right now though? Are you the worst I, buyer? Dude, I just tweeted or threaded actually, which I then posted to Instagram that I am the buyer that everybody makes fun of. It's crazy how you become like every buyer is like this, I think. Just like I am looking in two different states. I am not <laughs> responding to my brokers or my my agents' emails. I am in multiple price points. I'm seeing open houses without my agent. Like I am the worst buyer of all time right now. It's crazy. Oh what are some of the objections you're seeing? Like what are the some of the things that are really rubbing you the wrong way right now? Yeah. I, I don't I don't like small houses. That's what we oh. really don't like. Anything that's under thirteen hundred square feet, we're realizing that we need a lot more space. It's it's rubbing me the wrong way if there's not a big yard for miles to run around in, if there's not an yeah. ADU slash garage for me to do podcasts in and stuff like that. So I really need like a separate area. Because if Anne starts working from home again, we can't have that battle royale. But this yeah, isn't about fair. my yeah. house search. Ryan, I, I do have a question for you. When, you. when you get a $17, $17 million listing, or when you close a $17 million deal, besides all the press and the New York Times and everything, what did you do to leverage something like this? Like, Do you post a okay. lot about it? Are you talking about it? Because you got to do something when you have a sale like this. Yeah, so that was something that we did in multiple facets we did definitely posted about it um brought it up on the video that we did as well we do our video shoots we batch once a month and it came up on one of those we did like a little realtors react on it where we're like oh look at this house and we're like oh yeah that looks familiar you know we just kind of brought it back up again kept repurposing it but we did obviously mailers and then uh we door knocked that entire area as well and i'll tell you what like i've door knocked for no reason I've door knocked for 
plenty of other reasons to show social proof, but door knocking with that flyer in your hand to be like, Hey, uh, we just want to let you know, you know, we just sold this home down the street. Um, and we just want to give it to you and just share some information. Like that was huge. And that actually drew quite a bit of activity that where people were like, Oh yeah. And then it was nice to be able to hand that to them and say, yeah, so this is social proof. So we did multiple ways to leverage it. Um, and have a few people that, that are out there that we're working with nothing materialized yet. Um, but you know, it is what it is. You got to do it no matter what. And that, that was a huge thing. And not to mention having social proof, to be able to put where you're sharing that with new sellers, as well as sending out the, the normal database mailers and putting that on there is what we did to leverage as well. So just to kind of give yeah. a little social proof to people. Yeah, that's got to feel good having that $17 million flyer in your hand. It's like a superpower. You probably felt like a completely different agent as opposed to going in and, and you know, door knocking expireds or canceled listings and yeah. you know, grinding when you first start. Like this is a, a whole new proof piece, which has got to feel incredible, I imagine. Was was there anything scarier about working with someone in that price range? I know you said this guy was chill and cool, but I got to imagine the stakes are a little bit higher for something like this when you're like, Holy crap. Like this is actually life-changing. Dude, know, I was terrified. Here. I, was, I yeah. was terrified in the beginning. And I'll tell you what the worst, I'll tell you the worst part where I felt a little bit like, oh shit, I'm out of my league. And it was when I was doing the negotiation. It was when I was, when the agents, there was two, two agents on the other side that were a team together and, and um, they ended up being amazing to work with and, and everything. But like at the beginning, um, when I threw out the offer, cause I'm not going to lie, like we started pretty far apart. Like we were pretty far apart on this whole situation and, uh, came in at 2 million, <laughs> not quite, but <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a pretty good gap to start. And, um, and then they got all pissy at me and started claiming like, you need to educate your client and look at this comp, look at that comp. And in the back of my mind, I'm going, well, I know that there's nobody else that's writing an offer on this house right now. So whatever you think, like, and I knew the numbers, but it like, it made me feel a little uncomfortable. Like, oh shit. Did I do something wrong? Am I out of my league? Right. But then at the end of the day, like once I got my client, what I got him. And by the way, I got him a place completely furnished as well. Like everything from head to toe. It was just basically brought us toothbrush and bedding and moved in. So like, it was an amazing situation. What Eric wants. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's what exactly Eric wants. What want. You want a place on the beach with its own private <laughs> little beach with your toothbrush. You can walk in. Um, exactly. But no, I mean, I, I think that there was, I treaded lightly all the way throughout, but it, it honestly, once I got into the transaction, I'm going to say this and it's not always the rule of thumb, but like it was one of the easier, smoothest escrows I've had because my guy was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, just, you know, handle it. He wasn't in town. He wasn't at the inspection. Um, I sent the report and was like, Hey, what do you think? Like, let's talk about it. He's like, I haven't had a chance to really look at it. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Just tell me what you think. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's great. You want me to do your request for repair on your $17 million sale? You know, it was like, um, but you know, it, honestly, there was, it just was making sure that I knew the market to advise during the negotiation process. Cause it took a couple of weeks, almost like a week and a half or two to kind of come to terms. And it was quote unquote dead in the water at one point. And, you know, they turned around and were like, you know what, we'll take, we'll take your offer. And so it worked, but it definitely was scary at the beginning. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel like that as they're moving because I've been moving up in price range as well. And I do know my stuff and my numbers, but you feel like everyone and in certain cases, it's true because it is kind of like a, a small niche of, of agents who are doing a lot of that business. Yeah. So when they see kind of a newbie 
they try and like bully you almost. Yeah. And then you kind of start second guessing like, oh shit, like, did I do, like, should I be doing this? And you have to be confident about it though. And be like, no, 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 I, I do know this. They're just kind of being dicks, Yeah. you know, because we're on their turf. Um, but I think a lot of people go through that and they will go through that as they move up into price range. You're going to feel like uncomfortable. Like you don't like almost like a bit of imposter syndrome, like you don't belong there. And uh, it's cool to hear you talk about that. Cause I don't think really anyone does. You know what I hear all the time, Eric? What? Agents complain that online leads are trash. You're right. It's so annoying. It is annoying. Not converting, being non-responsive, et cetera. Let me let you in on a little secret, Eric. Okay. Hometown was literally designed to overcome those challenges. They know that online home shoppers are further out from transacting maybe three, six, even 12 months, Eric, down the road. So Boomtown nurtures those leads for you using proven automated smart drip campaigns. And beyond that, Boomtown also monitors your entire database of leads for behaviors that indicate readiness to transact and then engage them for you at exactly the right time. You see everything, everywhere, all at once. Omnipotent, right, Matt? Or omniscient or something like that. Right. Yeah, it's kind of like that, except it's you that's everywhere. And there are no hot dog fingers, whatever the, whatever the hell those are. So if you're ready to grow your database and have your transactions steadily increase, visit boomtownroi.com slash overask. If you haven't yet already, after listening to this podcast for two years, you're out of your damn mind. Plus, you'll get 750 bucks in free digital advertising credits. That's boomtownroi.com slash overask. It's the best CRM in the game, hands down. No, that's exactly right. It's, and that's the best way to put it. You do feel like you have a little bit of imposter syndrome for sure. And you're like, am I supposed to be here? And you second guess the shit out of yourself. But at the end of the day, like you have to have confidence and, and you're absolutely right. And once you, and, and now by no stretch, do I feel like, oh, I got this. I'm hundred percent in, but I'll tell you what, it was a big weight off my shoulders to be able to come to the table, be able to put this deal together, be able to close this deal. Um, and now have, you know, a client that trusts me and, and likes me, that makes you feel way better. So, but at the beginning, yeah, man, it's a little, it's a little uh, uncomfortable. What's your communication like with this uh, person now? Is there any sort of different follow-up methods that you do now that he's in the house to just like stay in touch with him or you kind of let him be? What was the closing gift also, also for something that's 17 million? Did you get this guy a car or something? <laughs> you know, that was actually the other thing that I was like, well, I need to start talking to some people and ask, like, what are you getting your clients when you do a 30 million or a $20 million deal for? Yeah. Like, what do you? So um, I ended up getting a really nice designer throw blanket and a really nice bottle of champagne. Um, and honestly, I talked to a couple agents and um, it varies. Most of them, they're not looking, those clientele and those people aren't like expecting you to buy them a Ferrari because you know you you sold a house oh, for seventeen million for them, right? But right. but it you know getting a nice gift or something that's my thought is always like you want to make sure you get them something that they're gonna see and remember you. So like it's something for the house. That's always something. And then it was like I want it to be something that's gonna be really nice and make a splash. So I ended up getting like a really nice designer throw blanket and a really nice bottle of champagne. And my follow up now is we actually are working together on other projects as well because he is a businessman and he wants to do investment stuff. So we're doing other things together. So that like makes it easier. Yes, exactly. We are, <laughs> we are doing ApeCoin now. That's what we're doing. Oh, perfect. So, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but my follow-up is actually I we do have so we use client giant for regular clients where it's set and forget it kind of thing, right? I don't know if you guys are familiar with what that is, but it's like once a quarter it they send out a, a little gift to your client for a year. And so you don't have to do anything, right? Client I don't giant, do that for him. But Let's I write yeah. that down, Eric. Yeah, your you client giant down. should be sponsoring client, this <laughs> client giant as well. sponsor. Okay. Got it. Um, what kind of gifts do they send out? It, they're honestly like it's seasonal. So it could be like, Hey, here is uh, a whole bunch of candles and bath bombs, or here is a, um, a thing of, of spices and barbecue sauces, you know, like, or here's an mm. eye mask, you know, like different random little okay. things, but they pick the, they pick them all and they send them for four times a year. But what I was getting at is I set a personal reminder to reach out to this client. Like I just sent him you know, like a, a gift card to go to the montage for, for a spa day and stuff like that, Jeez. you know, like, so different things like that, but that's just because I wanted to, we also did another transaction together. So it kind of doubled as a little bit of a closing out gift on a, on an investment property. So, um, but the follow-up, I feel like it's just like every other client, you want to keep them in arm's length, but, um, and always let them know they're there and make sure you're at least sending them you know, CMAs and data on their property occasionally as well, too, at least a couple times a year. Yeah. Did you like, say this lead came through, uh, like, your Boomtown? your team's website? Yeah, he found us on our website. Yep. And then how does that work? How did you get the lead? What do you mean? Because they clicked I, on his profile and looked at his face. On your profile, like, on the thing? Like, we got to that... work with this guy. Um, yeah, it was assigned through to me. And so then at that point, I have the opportunity to work the lead um, and which I, I reached out to the gentleman and then we started kind of talking and it was kind of a, a nurture situation and I'm not ready to do anything, just kind of want to do my thing. And obviously, like I said, there was the custom way to kind of nurture the guy and lo and behold, you know, I, I, I was able to, to talk to him and convert him into wanting to buy. I didn't have to convert him. It was just giving him what he wanted. and playing it the way that he wanted to play it, which I feel is that is the way that things are with that clientele. You're not, you're not trying to close these people. They don't want to be closed. You know, you're, you're on their time. If they call you, uh, your twins are being born, you better leave the hospital. You know what I mean? So yeah. things like oh, that. God. Yeah. Is, did right. that scenario take place? Did you have to leave the hospital Dude. mid birth? Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Ryan, to, luckily. So, so you mentioned getting your client a gift where they could always remember you by, where it's like constantly in their house, mm -hmm. a blanket, which seems kind of odd. My friend Sam Hallam got uh, my wife and I a blanket for our wedding, and it sits at the foot of our bed, and I have to think of Sam Hallam every time I go to bed. I don't like that. But what what other gifts, like Matt? Do you do this too, where you give them something that's in your in their house where they see you all the time? Um, depends. I give them, I try and really like make it personal. I, I don't ever get like someone the same gift. So I have like a client who's like a really big Leafs fan. So I bought him like this, this like frame signed Leafs thing and like stuff like that. Yeah. I do yeah. things like that. Um, but I don't really think about you no know, putting it in a house or anything like that. It's good to think of though. Yeah. I, 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 I like the personal touch and sometimes it's hard to come up with that, but if you, it, it's definitely something that you want them. Like I, I used to just be like, Oh, I'm going to get them some alcohol. I'm going to get this, but then it's gone and they don't remember it. And so trying to find something that, that they're going to have in their home, that they're going to see, and it's going to remind them of you. I think it's just key. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, as you're like, as you're um, like going through, not with every client, but you can like build that connection. You kind of start knowing, you know, they kind of, they have some tells of like what they like, what they don't like. And then you can kind of pick up on some things like that mm -hmm. as you're just like having conversation. Absolutely. Ryan, what's the deal with five realty? So this is the new, is this is your brokerage. It's five, right? It is oh. five. Yes. There okay. is. Okay. So they drop the E, but the little accent thing on the I. So it's five. That's okay. the whole clever, clever Got thing it. about it. Yeah. So you're at the Robert Mack group under five realty. This is a newer right. brokerage, right? So give us, give us a little pitch about what five realty is. Is this the new real? Is this the new EXP? Is there any sort of relationship here? Is there downlines? Like what's going on with five realty? So, so five realty has a similar model to some of those that you mentioned where they do have a rev share model. Um, it's a pretty favorable one and it's pretty awesome as far as that. I'm not going to go into, to nausea and Please detail don't. on it, but, yes. but there is a rev share model. But the cool thing about five is that it's like, it's all about collaboration and there's five circles is why it's called five. And that's where your kind of rev share kind of downline situation could be. Um, but it is a newer brokerage and it's cloud-based, which is pretty incredible because what's nice about it is, you know, you have your caps and all these other brokerages that you're always paying. You have your caps at the certain brokerages where you always pay. They're in brick and mortar. Um, this one has it and they're pretty favorable to the agent, which is something that's great for us. And also the fact that it's going to grow and we're in a situation where we're going to grow with it you know, and constantly bringing on new agents and new teams that are in other parts of the country. So it's still, you know, very, very small compared to some of the other ones that are getting very massive and are amazing. And I think it's just a culture thing. Like everybody's different, you know, every, every brokerage offers something and maybe you're a better fit with real or EXP, or maybe you're a better fit with five. Maybe you just want to stay at Coldwell Banger. Like, I don't know. So, um, but, but five is cool because it's all about collaboration and that's what I liked about it the most and gave us the opportunity. What to the hell does that mean all about? What, what are you guys constantly collabing on Instagram posts? Are you guys always just talking to each other? I, the collaboration buzzword pisses me off. Everyone's always that's collaborating. Well, really I, bet, I, bet you, I bet none of you guys are okay. even talking to each other. What are you Everybody, collabing about? Collabing. So do you want to collab? I don't like to say the word collab, by the way. So. <laughs> like Drake and Rihanna. Oh, yeah, exactly. Are you guys featuring on each other's songs oh, or are you just walking to coffee? We're, we're featuring <laughs> on each other's. Yeah. Um, so the collaboration aspect comes is because it's nice because every team or team leader that has joined already, we meet once a week, um, share ideas. Everybody in the brokerage has access to it. So for example, I'm not sure if you're familiar with a gentleman named Andy Dane Carter. I am not sure. If no, ADC, of course, secret meetings. Had him, had him friend, on the of the podcast, show. friend of the show. I'm sure you podcast, did. Yeah. And that guy is an amazing, brilliant mind. that's done a lot more than just residential real estate. I mean, the guy owns like a million doors, right? And so not only are we friends with him before, but now he's in the brokerage and we have access to him and the team does as well, or anybody that wants access to him is great. And um, we got Nazar who started the whole thing as the founder. And he's like the master of geographic farming as well, too. Um, so it's just, it's nice to have all that. So the collab aspect comes in where these, these people and myself and everyone, we get to meet once a week, not to mention there's master classes as well that are once a week where there's a, a top agent or broker doing a, a little master class on a specific topic, which is also helpful, which I know everybody else does as well too. But, um, I, I, I think it's awesome and it's a growing thing and it's cool to be a part of it. Yeah.
That's cool. Yeah, these, you got to get into these Jeez. things. Yeah, Jesus, we're not joining, all right, man. It, the getting and these things on the ground floor, I think, is super advantageous. Like, yeah, I think, 100%. You know, getting into EXP now, maybe even real at this point. There's just so many agents now. Then the rev share becomes a little bit, a little bit more difficult. But yeah, it, it, you know, there's there's already so many people involved in those. But you can still, if it's continuing to grow, you still can get some passive income from it. But yeah, this is. This is in the very still, I would say, infancy stages. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. I mean, it sounds pretty cool. Um, the collab. I'm going to actually do a video on that soon because everyone has like collaboration. I mean, every brokerage says it. You got to say it, right? If, yeah, you know, it's almost if you don't say it now, it's like, what, you don't have collaboration? What the hell's going on over I there? I would actually <laughs> prefer know? a brokerage to say something like that. Like, we don't help you. None of the agents <laughs> like each other. They all hate each other. And the offices are all separated by cubicles and no one talks. And we have a copy machine that... that you have to pay to use. And that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Ryan, you're a, big, uh, you're a big conference guy, right? go to conferences, TF organization. What do you get out of these things? Nowadays I get, well, number one, I think is the the networking with the agents and referral partners. Um, that's like the big thing right now. Um, Bobby Mack has been going to those for God knows how long. And, you know, he feels like the cool kid in high school when he goes there because he's built these relationships yeah. for a long time. And there's a lot, all joking aside, there was a lot of inbound referrals that come from the TF organization for him and the team. Um, so that's huge. And it's also cool because you get to, you get nuggets from, I, you know, I used to, I went to the first summit a while back and four or five years ago, and I was just like writing everything down and trying to absorb everything. It's like, it's just too much. It's overload. Right. So now it's just grab some nuggets and take a few things that are going to help you and, and focus on them. Not just trying to take 20 things and do none of them. Cause you're overwhelmed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like going to It is great things. for networking. Yeah. It is. It's the it's the best for the in person relationships. That's how I met you and Robert at a Tom Ferry event. I'll never forget it. It was at, it was at a, a dinner. I think yeah, two thousand nine two thousand nineteen or something like that. I think it was and, eighteen or nineteen for sure. Yeah, yeah. And um, I won't say how I thought of you, but I remember you just kind of being a somewhat of an awkward guy, and I was like, "Oh, there he is." There's yeah. the guy. You That's said the guy, this. Huh? Yeah, you said that on on your podcast or Robert's podcast, and that actually infuriated me. You said I was awkward. I don't know if it was the way I was standing or something like that, but that's one of the more insulting things you could say about someone when you meet them socially for the first time. Are you doing so? This podcast and this content. Are you doing a podcast with Robert? Like, what's what's your content move right now? Because I see yeah, that your he, content's constantly evolving. He he's doing the podcast. He's spearheading it, and I'm a. Uh... I don't know if I would say I'm a I'm a consistent or a constant guest or or co-host, but um, it's kind of his baby, and um, we're just all just kind of going along with it. And but it will be a lot of me and him interviewing guests on there. So I know he's done some where it's just been him one on one, and then we did you know one with you and I, and then since then we haven't done one since last month. I think we're we're due to do another one, but. You know, it, it's it's going to be a constant evolving thing. And I remember, like he said, he didn't want to pigeonhole it to just real estate, um, but just, you know, basically cool people doing cool stuff that would be cool to talk about on the podcast. So um, cool people then, doing cool stuff. The ultimate podcast. <laughs> that's that's exactly great. Right. What every every podcaster says, they want. I just want to interview cool people doing. Cool I just shit, man. look, this is straight. But I, I agree. I'm just. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just realizing. I know. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
No, I agree. So. It's it's like take it from Matt and I, who we've been doing this for two and a half years. It's way better in person because like I went to your studio, like you could have the chemistry right there. You could have the back yeah. and forth. There's no Wi-Fi, audio issues, nothing like that. Like, you know, here with the screen, it's kind of hard to tell when the other person's going to talk. But the only other yeah. problem with in-person is that you could eventually run out of guests. Like if you cover all the people in Orange County in a real estate or people that are doing cool stuff, then it becomes difficult to find other podcasts. That's why you got to do once a month or something like that, possibly. Or, I mean, I don't know how often you plan on releasing it. I believe he's, I believe he's looking to do at least once a month for now. I'm not sure if it's going to get any more frequent than that. Um, yeah. but again, you know, inside of Robert Mack's mind, who knows? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for the podcast. Yeah. yeah. We're so, doing, uh, well, yeah. What? Two weeks. No, we have. We have big announcements, but we can't say them yet. Yeah, we got a we got a big announcement. Are you guys going to do a episode. countdown where you say in five days we're going to tell you something amazing? Are you going to do something like in, that? Something in exactly like that. seven Ryan, days, you, we're going to tell luck. you something crazy. Yes, yeah, so we're going to be like the ring seven days, and everyone's going to die. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, you're on a good episode because there's a big announcement, and I just I just trickled it in there. And now I teased it, and now people, you're gonna blow up, Ryan. You're welcome. You're gonna blow yeah, up. It's called foreshadowing, folks. But yes, this <laughs> yeah. is this is good, Ryan. I think uh, final question here: your hair. How do you get it to stand up so erect and so straight and so symmetrical? Are you just pumping that thing with gel? Is it lotion? What is that? It is erect. Like, but okay, yeah, I mean, look weird, if you're if, if you're watching the, this, I've it, had people say a lot of things about my hair, but erect was definitely the most uncomfortable. You might as well said moist on this thing right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. One of the worst well, I mean, it looks, it does look fresh out of the shower. Right. So what are you doing to this? Okay. So it is a, you know, normal shower, blow dry. Okay. And then product in there. Now it's product. It's not gel. And the product mm -hmm. that I use is crew fiber. Okay. So it's not like mm -hmm. a paste or a pomade, but it's kind of like an in-between. All right. I and use a paste or a pomade. Yeah, and then it's a, and then it's a style with that a little comb through it to kind of put the fishing touches on, and then a, a little spray and out the door. And what do you have on the it sides? Really there? Is that a one? Incredible! It does. Is that a one on the sides? Uh, this is grown out. I do I do about a uh, a zero, and then she mm -hmm. fades it up to do up here a little bit. Maybe it comes around close to a half or a one by the time it gets to top. But this is about. This is about one one week in of a haircut. Got it. Eric, well, Eric looks... you're gonna try and get it yourself. What's going on? I, I would I love can't. to with see those, Eric with do the it. receding hairline. That would look crazy on me. In fact, I've I've actually transitioned to wearing more hats recently just to cover my head yeah. completely. And here's a fun fact, also, which is horrible. If you're in the process of trying to have kids, which I may or may not be in the process of trying to do, you have is to stop all your hair medication. Yeah, this is the yeah exactly. Shit, that was that was next week. Sorry, yeah. guys. Um, you can't use Propecia or this Dude, topical minoxidil stuff. So I'm going to do anything. Appalled. You got to stop everything. No. They're like, don't do this. You can't even use hand cream. Yeah, yeah. It's, insane. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, Ryan. <laughs> good nuggets here. Does it, huh? Good so nuggets. Having, okay. You know the nuggets. You got the nuggets from the TF organization. You gave us the nuggets. You just sold the. He's got the nuggets and the erect hair. 
He's in got direct hair. You just sold a $17.1 million property. You're going to sell way more of those. This guy is on the rise, a star of Newport real estate, Ryan McMillan. Ryan, where can people follow you so we could, so people could see your beautiful face on Instagram as well as YouTube? Um, okay. So Instagram is at uh, Ryan underscore the Mac. And Classic. I can send that to you if you want to, you know, send it to who? It out I think, I think, we, I think we can get it, but yeah, yeah send it to, it. what do you mean? Send it. <laughs> well, he asked me for my email twice in the last two weeks. I'm like, come on, man. Really? You don't know my email yet, but oh, uh, wow. it's just easier because that way you could send it to me and I could just copy paste it as opposed it. to me looking for it. Right. Um, and then we do have our, our YouTube channel. It's under uh, Robert Mack real estate under our YouTube channel where our videos go as well. But uh, Instagram is the easiest way to get a hold of me. I'm on Facebook as well, obviously, but uh, you know how that goes. Don't do Twitter yet, but you know, dabbling. Well, maybe it. you'll be doing threads. Oh, yeah. So. Threads. We'll do threads. Yeah. Awesome. Ryan, thanks so much for being on. Thank yeah, you. Thanks for having me gentlemen.